0: Welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, Life Coach Emma Wilson, and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck and be more confident in your 30s. I love the fact that this week's guest episode is with a client who has been with me for the past three, maybe three and a half years. Nikki she was on the podcast already twice before I'll explain in the episode what what she spoke on and why she was there but I've invited her back this week to talk all about the updates in her journey so far and what I do want to say is as a coach I work with many clients in my one-on-one container in my group container and it's such a privilege to be alongside so many women's journeys in their 30s to see how their lives change, whether it be from going through huge transitions or just to internal changes. And it's honestly one of the greatest privileges of being a coach is to be alongside people whilst they're going through these big life changes. But then a lot of the time what happens is we, at some point, we often work together for sometimes a year, sometimes less, sometimes more, but often I then see all the updates that happen after. Now, something really special about Nikki is that we not only have worked together on and off and are still working together today for the last three and a half years, but we also have become friends. So I'm also updated about her life even when we're not working together. And it's been so incredible to watch her journey and to see how her life has unfolded and all of the things that have happened and her story is I honestly think really really unique and really inspirational and I want her to tell it to you in her own words I think it's much better than me giving you a little summary so I'll leave you on a cliffhanger but I will say that this episode is specifically for you if your life and the stage that you're at right now isn't exactly what you expected it to be if you thought that you would have met somebody at a certain age or a certain point and that hasn't happened yet if you have wanted to become a mother and it's something that feels far away for you and I think that her journey and what she's probably going to talk about and explain about the expectations that she had for her life and how it actually transpired can really just give hope and faith to those of us who our journey hasn't been exactly like we thought and that's why I really love inviting clients onto the Turning 30 podcast and those who have stories that are against the timelines doing their own thing whether it's because it's chosen or not chosen and yes I think that you're going to love this episode now I do want to give a disclaimer that we're talking in the episode about parenthood in terms of that being a want as a milestone and also even being in a relationship. Maybe for you, you're listening and that isn't what you want right now. And that's also completely normal and okay. But I hope that you can take away from this episode that it's not necessarily about the thing we're talking about, it's about the mindset involved. It's about the being able to be on your own timeline and do your own thing, let go of expectations and to not know Ever what is waiting for you just around the corner. Now in the episode, I am also sharing a life update that I haven't ever shared before on the podcast. So many of you tune into my Instagram and you'll probably have seen, but for those of you who don't follow me on Instagram and haven't seen, you're in for some nice surprises. So really hope you enjoy that episode. If you think that Nikki's story and my journey were to help any, anyone in your life that you know who is struggling right now with the timelines and the milestones and thinking that they're left behind in their 30s, then please feel free to share. And if you could go and hit like, subscribe, five stars, or whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you're listening on YouTube, if you could also hit subscribe, that would be really great because I really want to get this episode into as many Is as possible. I just wanted to take a minute to let you know about an offer that I'm currently running for the whole of November for my foundation's course, The Next Chapter. After coaching hundreds of one-on-one clients over the past seven years, I've Seen which coaching tools work the best, and I've developed a very specific process that has helped all of my clients to build the next chapter of their lives. And as I know, there are so many of you in my audience who want to do this work, you're really ready to step up and build your next chapters, but you don't necessarily need or want a one on one coach, but you do want to have the benefits and the results that a one on one coach will give you. So about two years ago, I packaged together all of these tools into a program that I called The Next Chapter. And since then, over 80 women have enrolled in this program. And it occurred to me the other week when I was reviewing all of my library of resources that I'm sitting on this gold mine of resources and I'm not sharing it with my audience and my listeners And that is why I want to invite you to join the next chapter. Just to let you know a little bit more about it, I use a three-step process with all of my clients. And that process is reflect, accept, and take action. And the self-study video modules that you'll get access to as part of the next chapter program are going to help you to work through this process. And alongside it, There is a hundred page workbook full of journaling activities, questions and tasks that you can do, which even in themselves, if you don't do any other part of the program, is worth hundreds of dollars for the amount of change that you will see by working through these exercises. Now, the course itself is going to walk you through so many different aspects. It's going to teach you how to identify specific areas of your life that you want to work on and focus on improving, help you set goals in my special goal setting process, and so much more. And in addition to this, there are also four workshops on my key coaching concepts, uh, confidence, boundaries, relationships, and comparison and a Facebook community that already has over 80 30 something women and in the coming months alongside the special offer that I'm running I'm going to be running exclusive community events and special guests and exclusive offers for workshops and more programs that are coming up in the next few months. So the special offer for the month of November is a reduced price access to the course for only $99.00 And alongside which, just for the next four weeks, you're going to also get access to my friendship mini course, which is worth $66 usually, and is an eight modules in podcast style that are going to help you to build better friendships in your 30s, which I know is something that from speaking to my community, so many of you struggle and want to find new friends who are on a similar path to you. So for both of these together, it's $99.00. Or you can actually sign up with a brand new payment plan of two months for only $50 per month. To sign up, you can go to the link in the podcast blurb, or you can go to my website, www.turning30coach.com. I'm really looking forward to seeing you inside the Next Chapter community. And on that note, let's dive in. Hey, Nikki, and welcome back for the third time to the Turning 30 podcast.
1: Hi, Emma. Thank you. I feel very privileged to be a third time attending
0: guest. So thank you for having me. I think you're the first, uh, yeah, you're the first person who's been on here three times, which is really fun and actually makes sense seeing as we've, our relationship has evolved and we've been through so much together over the past, was it three years that we've known each other? Three years we've been working together.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I was looking back earlier at like how long, when we had our first session, it was like August 2020
0: and how much life
1: has changed since then. It's a bit mad.
0: I know. And that's obviously what we're here to discuss today is life changes and, and to update the listeners. So I know many of you are listeners who've been with us for years and you probably will have heard both of Nikki's previous podcast episodes. And I also know that many of you are new here and new to the community. So just before we dive in, Nikki, I'll give a little summary of the last episodes that you were on. So Nikki exactly as she said since august 2020 has been a client of mine and we've been working together on and off not obviously the whole time but for until until today and at that time correct me if i'm wrong you were i think when we first started working together you were doing your third round of egg freezing or you had just started your third round and then we recorded an episode together i think almost a year later about egg freezing. So the first episode that Nikki came onto the podcast was sharing her journey uh, of egg freezing. And actually, I think we're gonna see this pattern a lot in this episode that I basically copy you and everything you do in life. But I also did my egg freezing uh, following that. And then you also came back on the podcast for an episode where we did a group discussion about how to reclaim your 30s. And you came on as one of the clients of a group program, the Reclaim group program that I had run which again, it was quite a while ago, actually, we I think that was a a year and a half ago that we recorded that. And I've invited you back on today, because as we're going to hear, you've had some amazing life updates, lots of big changes. And actually, it's going to be the first time that I'm sharing some life changes that I've been going through in, in the past few months as well. And I've called the podcast episode, you'd never know what's around the corner. And I think that the aim of the episode is really to inspire and give hope to listeners who potentially feel left behind or feel like maybe all their friends are doing one thing and it's not what they want to do and they they just feel like things are maybe working out slower than they thought in their 30s so the last time the audience heard from you do you remember what was going on that was in I think, I can't remember what you shared in that episode, but we did the group program in, it was October, November 2021, I want to say. yeah, Uh, Yeah. What was going on with you then?
1: So I think when we started the group program, I was single. And when we finished the group program, I had just met Liam. So life has like changed, like unrecognisably in the last well, like nearly two years. So on December the 6th, I met Liam in 2021. And now sitting here in 2023, I am married, I have a child and I'm sat in Singapore because we've relocated to Singapore two months ago. So life couldn't be more different to how it was in, in 2021.
0: I even I know that I know your story and I've been along for the journey with you but even you just saying that is like goosebumps when we think about how much you've been through and just for the sake of those who haven't heard the episode where we did talk about the reclaim what you know the purpose of the reclaim program was that I invited a group of single women who really wanted to work on owning their timelines in their 30s and building their next chapter not even just in love but obviously it was a group of single women so we were speaking a lot about dating and about relationships and love life what had your life looked like before that before you met Liam I guess if you can just summarize yeah like the years before what you had gone through and and what was going on with you
1: yeah definitely so I guess we're kind of all started in terms of pre the group coaching and really then finding you to work with you. Um, In February 2019, I came out of a relationship that was very toxic and not a pleasant one to be in. But at the time of being in that relationship, I thought that was it. I thought that was my happy ending. We were going to get married and have kids. Um, Anyway, so we split in February 2019 and I was in a job that i really enjoyed but i was newly single i was grieving the life that i thought i was going to have i moved i sold an apartment that i'd had for 10 years because i decided like i wanted change so i moved to a new area i got promoted in my job and i was just kind of navigating this new new normal for me and i initially had this huge relief of being out of this toxic relationship and was excited about the future but Quite quickly, about six months later, unfortunately, everything started to kind of really affect my mental health and I became really unwell. I actually took four months out of my job and really took some time to kind of focus on getting better. I'd kind of had a quite a severe period of depression. And as part of the kind of time out that I took, I actually went to Bali for six weeks, which is kind of really the pivotal moment in like my life it is when I got to focus on just being me. And I I use the term like just being Nikki. And I think that was the start of like the turning point of like the change that I've gone through over the last few years. And I almost had to go through that extreme low to start this like upward trend again. And I started working with you the following August and by then I was like feeling a lot better my mental health was in a much better place I was still single and I came to you because I remember listening to an episode that you done with um, a mutual friend Jenny which was all around being single in your 30s and I guess I wanted to reclaim and take back control of like my narrative and move away from the comparison that was like had been really plaguing me and that's when I started working with you but In amongst all of this, I I knew I wanted to be a mum and I'd been desperate to have kids um, since I was about 21. Now, being a mum much later, I'm like, how would I have coped at a 21 year old mum? But anyway, and so I then started the process of going through egg freezing. And actually, that came off a conversation that I had with three girls that I met in Bali who were American and they'd all done egg freezing. And it kind of opened my eyes to this thing where I was like, wow, okay, so I'm desperate to have kids. Here's a a way for me to do something about it and to like reclaim like control i guess um and so i started that process of egg freezing and as you said i went through three rounds of it and it was quite grueling physically emotionally mentally but equally i had this huge sense of like relief that i'd taken control of things and i guess i kind of given myself an insurance policy of having these frozen eggs in it may not pay out, but it was just reassuring to have it. And of course, in amongst all of this, we're talking about COVID times. So we were literally in lockdown. So I had a lot to kind of battle with of feeling like this, this loss of like not being able to be out there and meeting people. So it was a really like challenging period. But it was a time that I invested so, so heavily in myself and did huge amounts of work with you. That was really transformative. And without being cringy there is no way that had i not done the work with you that i would be where i am today like without a doubt and that actually gives me goosebumps just saying it but it's it's really really true like it was transformative and it allowed me to literally just be nikki and learn that just being nikki was enough so yeah that's that's kind of my story up until now where things couldn't be more different
0: yeah wow i love that so much and you know again because like I said I've copied everything you do in life we've lived living parallel lives but just on a bit of a delay I also when I went through this breakup from a toxic relationship then spent over two years going through this personal change this huge change and also learning about myself obviously I was doing lots of coaching I was also coaching others but it's just now we can look back when we're in the stage of life where we are now and have so much gratitude for doing all that work and for actually prioritizing that. And I just want to say that because I think a lot of listeners here are maybe still in relationships that they are nervous to leave because they're nervous to be single in their their 30s or they've already come out of a relationship and they're struggling to be in that space of, when will it happen for me? And it's so easy to get into that victim-y place that I'm sure both of us were in at some point but both of us can really testify to how important that time is. And now that I've met someone and I'm also on my journey and obviously you've, your life has changed so much and you've got all the things that you, you were hoping for that you were wanting. I feel this like almost this extreme sense of gratitude for that past version of me who was in a lot of pain and had a lot of healing to do and did have to invest a lot of time and, and, energy and also again you you had Bali I had Costa Rica where I went for a few months it was during COVID and had a really life-changing experience and I think that I as as much as those times were challenging and hard and I wouldn't you know it's not like oh it's great to go through a big breakup and have the fear that you have around what's going to happen next well I'm so grateful I have it like sometimes I want to cry thinking about wow I'm so pleased that was my path And I didn't feel like that at the time, obviously. You don't really feel like it, obviously, until you look back in hindsight and you can see. But do you feel the same, that same sense of, like, I'm so happy it worked out that way? And, you know, obviously, our life timelines weren't what we expected, right? For me, I didn't expect to be single at 35. It was, like, such a big smack in the face, if I'm being honest. But now that I'm looking back, I'm like, phew, I'm so happy that I was.
1: Yeah, totally. And you know what, one of the things that's always stayed with me from when you and I were coaching, well, we still are, but during that period was I'm exactly where I'm meant to be right now. And I remember when you said it to me at first, I was a bit like, yeah, but I'm not because I want to be married and I want to have kids and I want all of this. And actually, like, you were exactly right. I was exactly where I was meant to be at that time because without having done all that work, I wouldn't be where I am now. And so there is a huge gratitude and that's a really good way to describe it. I'm so thankful for everything that did happen to me, albeit some of it was really challenging. It got me to where I am today and to the person I am today. And I wouldn't have perhaps ended up in the situation I am in now where I'm married and have a baby, you know, all of those things, had I not experienced those things in my life in the past. So yeah, definitely a huge sense of gratitude.
0: Yeah. Can I ask you a question? When we did that work and we were doing those sessions about really finding that acceptance and finding that, you know, we practiced that specific thought of this is how it's supposed to be or this is where I'm meant to be. Did you believe it at the time or did you manage to accept it at the time or do you think the acceptance only came afterwards? I think...
1: When we first started kind of practicing that thought, I was a bit like, okay, I'll go with it and hopefully I'll get there. But it took me a while and I think I can appreciate it more now in hindsight, obviously being where I am now. But I think it definitely gave me some comfort when we were working on that thought, because I I guess it was kind of like, rather than focusing on the, the negatives and what you said actually about the victim mentality, rather than being like, "Oh, I'm the only one of my friends who's not with someone and I'm the only one that doesn't have kids. Actually, it was flipping that narrative around and focusing on all the things I did have and the opportunities I did have. And that massively helped to kind of shift and to allow me to be like, actually, yeah, you know what, I am where I'm meant to be. And looking back, I don't regret any of the things that have happened. And some of them I'm really thankful for. Like, for example, I said at the start, I wanted to be a mum when I was 21. I'm so grateful that I wasn't a mum at 21. And that's no slight on anyone who is a young mum. But for me, I wouldn't have got to establish my career in the way I did. I wouldn't have travelled. I wouldn't have had so many of the life experiences that I've had now that I'm super, super grateful for. And I guess you you just have to trust. And in the moment, it's really hard. And like the worst thing people used to say to me was like, don't worry, there's plenty more fish in the sea or you'll, have, you'll find your person. And oh my God, those phrases used to drive me up the wall. But I hate to say it and people will hate me for saying it, but it will happen. And actually like trusting and believing in it and, and sitting in that thought of, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be right now, I guess allowed me to then move forward with my life.
0: Wow I love that and I want to share like I was thinking about if I asked myself that question what I would answer and I think it's basically what you were saying but I think I worked on that belief a lot and I did believe it most of the time but it did fluctuate and that's why I wanted to say is that it's not like black and white like I just decided to believe it and then I just believed it it was like I led my life exactly like you said you did trying to believe it so finding comfort in those words and doing all the things like really focusing on on my business for example you were focusing on your career and and you know still dating and still putting myself out there and giving people chances and also traveling a lot and making the most of being alone and for me living alone which was like you know a big part of my of those years for me as well it didn't mean that that was a constant for those over two years I constantly felt that way and there were so many triggers And that you mentioned that when people used to say that there's plenty of fish in the sea for me those triggers were when I would date someone and then maybe get rejected or it didn't work out or someone that I liked ghosted me or you know things like this was happened then or for example when other people were to reach milestones so when best friends got married or announced they were pregnant they were the hard times and it was in those times that I think it was the most hard to keep the faith and the most hard to think oh it will happen eventually but I always and I guess this is what the coaching work helps you do manage to get round back to the thought even if it meant journaling on steroids and (laughs) and having to have more coaching sessions or having to really you know just go back into my belief system and I just remember it was so triggering when people used to say things like but it will happen for you of course it will there's no reason why it wouldn't so I get if anyone's listening and you're like oh god like here they go they're both they're both in a different stage of life so of course they would say that I think we both know how it feels to be on the other side like it's both of us haven't been in relationships for that long that we don't remember that really awful feeling of somebody who's got the thing you want saying to you oh it will come it will come don't worry
1: totally and I think whilst yes we're both really fortunate we have all those things that we wanted we both arrived at them late if you were to listen to society right like I was 35 when I met Liam and that that is considered like late and you're old and when I found out I was pregnant I'm a geriatric mother like there's a lot of societal labels that say you're not in the timeline you should be. And so I think all of that kind of rhetoric as well in the background, we still experience that and, and like had to deal with a lot of that. So we can absolutely like empathize and identify with a lot of the feelings and they still feel raw in some ways whilst I've got like everything I wanted, I guess that brings a whole other set of like challenges,
0: perhaps isn't the right word, but, but emotions and things that you have to work through as well. Totally. And I want to ask you, and I think we'll talk about it in a bit, about some of the challenges of of going through big life changes quickly, which I think has yeah. is, is happened to you and to me. And i like being bold saying this, and, and it's no offense to anyone listening who is that person who tries to give words of comfort to friends that when they have reached the milestones and their friends haven't. But when you've reached, and I'm experiencing this now, when you've reached a point in your life where you've got the milestone right so whether that's being in a relationship or buying a house or getting engaged or being pregnant it just feels like oh like not that was easy but it just you forget the struggle in a way and also it feels like for me I guess this is the first time I'm saying on the podcast this is a bit of a a bomb to drop but I'm I'm pregnant and again it's similar to I found out I was pregnant the week after my 36th birthday I also met Ellie my partner a few months after my 35th birthday so I think very very similar a- ages in terms of birthdays and and everything and timelines of when it happened and I think that it's like yeah I did feel old when it happened like it did feel like waiting and it also did feel like society was saying hurry up and I was also could never imagine at the age of 25 26 if you would have told me you will be a mother for the first time just before your 37th birthday I would have been really surprised you know it would have been gutted to be honest because I genuinely just presumed that would happen especially relationship before 30 or around 30 and kids before 35 if not like close to 30 but I think once you get to that phase you almost forget that so now I feel like I'm like in the middle of a teen pregnancy (laughs) I (laughs) always say that people keep asking me like I've had a few questions about like how is it to be pregnant at 36 and I'm like I feel so young And I just want to say that because I think that we can feel sometimes when we're single and we don't have those things, we can almost feel a little bit of animosity or a little bit of a lack of understanding from our friends who have the things. But now I'm on the other side of it so quickly from when I was on the flip side, I kind of want to say that you have to hold almost some empathy for that. Both sides need empathy for each other because I now feel like, I look at my single friends and I'm like, yeah, but I know it will happen for them. And like, actually 36 isn't that old. And, you know, and if I knew it was as easy as this to get pregnant, maybe I wouldn't have even done it so quickly and all those thoughts. And it's like, yeah. I don't know, I'm getting a bit confused with what I'm saying. Apart from that, I understand now so clearly both sides. And I think that we don't want to forget as women how hard it is to be 30 to 36 and not have those things if you want them.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think like, even now, when I, when I talk about the fact I was 36 when I had my son, I still do struggle a little bit with the fact that I was 36 when I had my son. Like, mm. in that I would have, in an ideal world, I still would have loved to have been a mum earlier on. Yeah. And that doesn't take away from the fact that everything I've said, like, I'm glad that actually things played out in the way that they did. But there is still part of me that's like, oh, but, you know, like, I'm an older mum and, oh, I'll be 40 in a few years' time. And, you know, there are still, like, timelines still play out for me, even though like I've now like reached those milestones. And I think whatever stage of, of life you're in, actually there's always gonna be that next milestone. Like, I, I keep freaking out about the fact that I'm 40 in three years time. And I don't know why, but there's, there's something about like these like age-related milestones that just is triggering. And I think that will always be like something that I kind of battle against, despite having reached some of those milestones. Cause there's always gonna be another milestone you want to reach. So I think you can still empathize with someone who's going through some of those those thoughts and feelings because we've been there and, yeah, we've kind of experienced it as well.
0: Exactly, and I think I can't remember where where I've seen it on, like, an illustration or an animation or something on Instagram, but it's so true. There's always that next step. It's like, if you're single, when are you going to meet someone? When you If you're with someone, when are you going to take the plunge and get engaged? If you're going to get engaged, like when are you going to have a baby? And then as soon as you have one baby, and probably this is happening to you, people are yeah. already saying, when are you having another one? And it's like, people even say it to me now, like, you're going to have another one soon after, which is another uh, consequence of being 36 and pregnant, yeah. is that people presume, right, like, that's it, you're just going to pop out, have many children all at the same time. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> Hold on, like this is not part of the conversation, but I guess it's just society's pressures for things to have to happen, A, in a certain order and B quickly, just because everyone likes to things to happen very nicely, neatly in a certain way. Now, I'd love to go back to your story and so we've kind of covered the last two years and now we're before you met Liam, which was coming up to your, your anniversary. Right, yeah. your, your two yeah. anniversary yeah. Uh, yeah so I think this will be released as an anniversary present for, <laughs> for both of you which is nice yeah so you met Liam can you just share a little bit about the events that happened after you met him and I guess the experience of meeting him and what I would love to share and I also will share my side of what it is like to meet someone at 35 instead of at 25 or a little bit younger
1: yeah, definitely. So I actually signed up to a dating agency. First time, I guess I've spoken about it publicly, publicly. And that was because I'd kind of tried all the dating apps and everything like that. And I was just getting frustrated. And the agency that I signed up for, it was actually a blind date that I went on with Liam, because I basically kind of when I briefed them of what it was I was looking for, my my brief was very different to perhaps what it would have been before. Before it was I guess more superficial. I was like, they have to be a certain height. They have to look a certain way. They have to be this, that, and the other. They have to have X status. And actually when I briefed the agency, when, with who I then met Liam through, my number one criteria was, I just want someone kind. Like that is the, that is the number one thing that I wanted. So basically Liam and I, we went on a date on December the 6th, um, 2021. Um, blind date. Couldn't find him in the bar initially, which is, A brilliant story to recount to everyone because it was a it was a it was at the Corinthia it was a bar with four corners and he told me he was in the corner but I walked past him twice but anyway we finally settled down for our first date
0: and you hadn't seen a picture of him at all like it was completely blind is that the rule of the dating agency
1: That's the rule. I won't lie. I may have managed to stalk him, even though they didn't give me his full name. But I did manage to find him basically on LinkedIn. Thanks, LinkedIn. I'm sure they probably wouldn't encourage it for dating. But anyway, I had basically managed to find a picture of him. And Liam knows this, so I don't think it's a problem to share the story. But in the picture that he had, which was like 10 years old, he had like brown spiky hair. So when I went to the bar, obviously he didn't know that I'd stalked him, so he had no idea I thought I was looking for a certain person. And I was walking around this bar, and I was like, "There is no person here with brown spiky hair." Um, anyway, <laughs> by at the, the time I met hair. I know, right? By the time I met him, he shaved his head, so he didn't look like his picture because obviously I was preset of like this is what I, I should be looking for. Anyway, I quickly quickly found him and then we sat down for our first date. And I remember like just thinking, oh, this guy seems like really genuine and like kind and he was a bit older. And I, I knew all of that before I kind of met him. I don't think for either of us that that first date was like, oh, my God, that's it. I've met the one. I've met the love of my life. Like, it wasn't that like crazy sparks that I guess perhaps society or, or romance rom-coms would tell you happens it wasn't that but and it wasn't a particularly long day either it was in the midst of me being in a crazy crazy period of work um so anyway, i kind of remember leaving the date and thinking oh like he seemed like a nice guy like who knows if it'll kind of go anywhere and then the dating agency do all the follow-up with you and I was like yeah I'd be up for a second date and they said oh he's really interested and he'd be up for a second date and by the way the actual truth is that he actually said to them I'm not sure she's interested in me but if she wants to go on a second date I would so I was like okay anyway That's so, so contact-
0: interesting that he th- he no, right? perceived you to not be that that into him yeah.
1: And I'm intrigued because like looking back, I feel like I was like quite present, but I guess because it was a blind date and because it was essentially a, a set up in those like in that first date, you're almost just like fact finding, And you know, mm. you haven't had the messages exchanging, like finding out about each other. I literally like didn't know, like, was, did he have brothers and sisters? Where did he live? All of that information you're kind of finding out. Anyway, he got in touch with me and said, you know, it'd be really nice to go on a second date. And long story short, but we didn't end up going on our second date until the 28th of December because I went down with, well, I had the COVID booster and had a very bad reaction, was really unwell. And then I got COVID and then it was Christmas. So I actually cancelled on him three times for our second date. And then we finally met at the end of December. And being totally truthful, I was a bit like, by then it had been so long. And our first date had felt kind of more like like I say, like a bit more transactional, like fact finding. So I was a bit like, perhaps not thinking it was going to go anywhere. Anyway, I remember we met up and we went for coffee and the poor guy I only gave him like a two hour slot because I was basically meeting a friend for lunch, meeting a friend for dinner. And I remember meeting him and we just sat and had coffee. And I still really clearly remember being sat there and just thinking, oh my God, this guy is just so nice. He's so kind. Like he just has this real like, if anyone listening has met him, they'll, they'll notice he's got this like kindness that like exudes out of him. Anyway, so we had this second day, I had to rush off to my dinner. And I remember texting him afterwards being like, oh, it was so nice to see you. Anyway, then we got to New Year's Day, we'd been texting a little bit the night before. And then we were just texting about like, what were we both up to? And I just moved into a new house at this point, I'd left London, I moved to St. Albans. And I basically just texted him being like, and he, he always refers to this. So I said, just putting it out there. But if you wanted to meet up today, you'd be welcome to come, come to St Albans. Anyway, lo and behold, he did. And I was really impressed that he put in the effort to come and kind of see me. And again, I just remember being sat there on my sofa, just being like, this guy is so lovely. He's just a really, really kind-hearted guy. Anyway, so we continued dating for a while. We had a bit of a blip in the middle where Liam was a bit like, like, I think the pressure of having met through an agency was a bit like, it's got to be like perfect. You've got to be set that this is the person. And meeting a bit later, I think you go in with, your own life already quite established and one of the things for Liam and I was Liam was very established in Barnes and I just moved to St Albans and apparently I'd made very clear on our first date that I wanted to only be in St Albans and so I think there was a few kind of reservations there he was like oh I don't know if this is you know if we're on the same page anyway we kind of continued dating Um, and I remember for my birthday he took me away for a weekend and it was the first time I guess we kind of moved from just kind of casually dating to be probably like a couple and we had the most incredible weekend and I still remember the post that I put on Instagram just being like this man has shown me kindness I didn't know existed because kindness was definitely not a trait I'd experienced in some of the past relationships I'd been in and so my birthday was April 16th and we found out we were pregnant on May the 26th I think it was and I should just be totally transparent. We have not had a conversation about trying for a baby, wanting kids. I remember actually early on he did say, So do you want to be a mum one day? And I was like, Yes, absolutely. Like I've got niece and nephews who I, I adore, and I said, What about you? And he was like, Yeah, I absolutely love like my nieces and nephews. But we'd never got to the stage of being like, Shall we have a baby together? So we're what five months in and I thought we found out we were pregnant and we weren't even to, like physically together at the time he was in London I was in St Albans when I did this pregnancy test and I won't lie my first reaction was oh shit I hope I can swear by the way because it was just it was a surprise that's the only way to say it and I it was a lot of mixed emotions because I was like this is everything I've always wanted I've been desperate to be a mum mm. but happening in not the way I ever thought it would I thought I'd be married I thought I'd be you know have been with someone for I don't know two or three years and suddenly five months in with this guy who I still was getting to know and I found out I was pregnant and I was like oh my god like how to react and obviously it was super early I think it was only like three weeks pregnant anyway so then had to go up to London the next day to tell Liam and he was understandably shocked we were both a bit like what how and then I was like you know come on we're adults it's these things happen kind of thing but I guess it always looked at people who who find out they're pregnant unexpectedly
0: and been like how how would that happen to you and there's me having it happen to me <laughs> anyway. but the thing I just love about the story is that and this is why you're on the podcast because you had worried so much about fertility for all yeah. the obvious reasons and you had done the rounds of egg freezing and everything and then it was like the universe just saying to you and I really believe it like Nikki don't worry like, yeah. you're fine. And I want to say that, and maybe we'll talk about this after you finish now, but there's just so much rhetoric around if you are 36, you have to try for a year to have a baby and so much of, you know, because we hear a lot of stories and obviously there are lots of women who do struggle. And I do not for one minute want to belittle that and say, you know, I know so many people out there at every age can struggle with fertility, but we very rarely hear this kind of story where it's like, you've gone through rounds of egg freezing, you had... Thought it might take you a long time to get pregnant, and look, look what happened like you said it yeah. was a surprise, and it wasn't like you were trying to conceive, so I just want to almost like pinpoint that of the story, how yeah. wonderful it is to hear, and I think there's not enough voices out there saying these stories, and how obviously it completely threw both of you and you weren't you know didn't like you said anticipate it but like universe, the the world works in mysterious ways.
1: (laughs) Totally. And and you're so right. And I remember sitting in the um, clinic where I did my egg freezing and this doctor very coldly telling me, you've got low egg count, your biological clock is ticking. Like you need to like freeze your eggs now. And I literally moved within four weeks. I think I started my first round of egg freezing and I look back and I'm like, my God, like, and I'm super grateful for it. Like we fell pregnant without perhaps intending to and without having to really like try that hard and it was something I guess when that was that was all part of the like emotions that were factored into like when I found out I was pregnant it was like okay I'm dating someone new like we haven't even talked about this but also I was pretty much told that I would struggle to conceive and here it is happening like much more easily than I ever anticipated so it was a real mix of emotions I guess of like shock surprise happiness fear so so many mixed emotions And I feel like that kind of almost that catalyst of finding out we were pregnant was what kind of cemented mine and Liam's relationship. We obviously had to have some pretty challenging conversations of like, okay, we don't even live together, we haven't even talked about being parents. Like, this is a huge kind of curveball, and we had to just be like, are we secure enough in our relationship? You know, we'd only been going out for five months. Like, especially as society would tell you, you need to be dating for at least a year or two, then you get engaged and then you think about having babies. So it was like, wow, timeline's completely backwards here. But we were both being that bit older, we were able to have what Liam refers to as awkward, brave and kind conversations. And like one of Liam's best traits, As well as his kindness is he is a phenomenal communicator and he has done lots and lots of work he works with a coach so I'm very lucky he's very very emotionally intelligent and mature but that kind of started this pattern for us of let's lean into these conversations let's lean into the fact we might be doing things differently like you've always wanted kids I've always wanted kids like let's go with this And, and we made a decision basically there and then that we were going to go ahead, and that we it would be the right thing to do to move in together. Liam hadn't met my parents, by the way. I should caveat at this point, and he'd been a bit resistant because he was like, you know, we need to be more set of like, is this it kind of thing. So the poor guy had to meet my parents. Um, I think it was three days after finding out we were pregnant, so to meet my mum and dad and be like, I'm the guy that got your daughter pregnant. Nice to meet you, kind of thing. And
0: what we, a situation! <laughs> wow. Right?
1: and we went out for a dinner and. Um, <laughs> We were out for I don't know two hours and it didn't get brought up once that we were pregnant. It was just like it was just like a normal meet the parents kind of thing. And then we all got back to my parents' apartment, and um, Liam was like, "I think we should probably address the elephant in the room. You know, like we're pregnant." So, and he again he navigated that conversation brilliantly. But oh, you know, every, again, everyone
0: already knew. Everyone already knew at that point, but no one was saying anything. Yes exactly yeah so my
1: parents knew yeah yeah no they knew Liam's parents knew but basically my parents were like it was it's for you and Liam to bring up they didn't want to kind of add any pressure but yeah it was like again against the timelines it was backwards right meet the parents after you find out you're pregnant kind of thing but you know that was just I
0: also also want to share that that's what happened to us so (laughs) um for everyone just to know I'll keep it very brief that Ellie and I we started dating in the September and we already fell pregnant in, in the June. And so we've been together. It was a little longer than you and Liam, but it was um, like nine, 10 months when we, when we fell pregnant. And it, it was a little bit different because we had had those conversations of saying that we were ready to start trying. And we actually had decided that kind of against both of our cultural backgrounds and our religion that we would not wait until we got, engaged and married just I guess that is age related I'll I'll be honest that it was related to the fact that I was already coming up to my 36th birthday and we were like listen if we're going to get engaged probably won't be in the next month or so we'll be within the next six months to a year and we wanted to have some time to plan a wedding at least a year it would be an abroad wedding so family to be able to book flights and everything and then I was like then I'll be 38 and I knew I had okay fertility from from my tests and egg freezing but it just still felt like this arbitrary like We're just going to do this and then this and then wait a year and then there. And I said, we both had decided that, you know what? We want to be parents and we're ready. And it all just happened within the same. It was like the quickest manifestation ever. Like we had the conversation with them within three weeks. We were like with a positive pregnancy test. So because I live abroad and because Ellie hadn't been yet to visit my family. And actually, funnily enough, we started dating on like the month that all my family came to visit me. So they didn't meet him yet because I was like on the third date with him. And so no one had met him. And then it was funny because I got onto Facetime with my mum, and I just had the kind of the first scan that you do to check, like the first ultrasound to check that like there there is a baby there. And that was at like, it. Like it's called. It was at like I think six or seven weeks where you first see the heartbeat. I don't know if you have that in the UK, but but you have it here. And when we did the thing, I took a picture of it, and I literally got on Facetime, and I was like, mum. I think it's about time that you met Ellie he was we were literally coming back to to visit the family a week later so he was going to meet them anyway but I wanted to tell my mum before how sick I'd been feeling because I knew that she had to buy like lots of crackers and lots of specific (laughs) sweets and stuff that I needed for the awful (laughs) symptoms of the first trimester anyway so I wanted to tell her and it was just so hilarious because I went got the phone and I went this is Ellie and he's like sitting there and he's like hi and they're like hey and I had like a few like awkward like conversations a bit of you know uh, back and forth small talk and then I went mum just check your whatsapp and then she opened it and it was a picture of the of the scan and it was literally like here meet my partner oh by the way we're having a baby and her face I've got this photo of it literally her mouth she was like she couldn't believe it and I'm like I know you have um you your parents already have grandchildren but I'm the first one in my family to have yeah. kids and my mum and dad have been when I say gagging to have grandchildren it's like all they've ever wanted and it's like they make digs at me all the time and though she was just couldn't believe it but it was that exact same thing of doing things in the incorrect order and like yeah they met when they first met Ellie they loved him when he came to visit and then afterwards I was like but did they love you because you already knocked me up or or was it true love so yeah it was just funny story and I think that's why both of our stories are interesting to listen to because although it is becoming less and less I'd say more and more common to get married uh after having kids like we know that it's something that as generations and time goes on that's happening I'd say 90% of the people I know don't do it that way around and we both did it in in the opposite order did you feel did you feel the response of other people from that and and I guess how was your perception of doing things quote unquote on your own timeline?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting. In terms of the response that I received from people, I, I guess I was worried about, like, sharing it with friends and family of, like, people being like, oh, my God, you've only been together for, like, five months. Like, are you mad? Like, that's crazy. Like, why are you doing this kind of thing? And actually, their response was the complete opposite. Everyone was just so happy for me because I think they could see in the relationship that I was developing with Liam the contentment that it had brought me, um, and for those that had met him, they were like, he is just a really, really great guy. And I think also they were just like, a lot of my friends were like, this is, it's just your time, like it's meant to be. And I, I think I was more worried about communicating it than other people. And actually, I don't think anyone asked me or, or kind of gave any kind of like, oh my God, isn't it a bit soon? I, I had, and I know you had the same, like lots of people ask, or, or, actually, no, sorry. No one actually has asked me, but I feel like lots of people wanted to know was the baby conceived with frozen eggs? No, obviously it wasn't. It was it was a surprise. But I guess, yeah, I, I just received a really positive response. In terms of how I felt about like the timelines and maybe because I was 35 at the time, I think I had perhaps already decided or reached acceptance that I may well have children before I get married, if I got married at all, because I think the whole concept of needing to be married was no longer of significant or of such significance to me as it had been before I was a bit like actually if I'm going to spend my life with someone and have a child with them I don't need a piece of paper like to to make us committed or whatever it might however you may look at it so I guess yeah maybe I'd already reached acceptance because similar to what you said I was like well I'm 35 so actually if we you know if we did things conventionally we'll get engaged in like two years then we got then we'd get married and then we'd have a baby. And I was like, well, then I'll be like 39, 40. And actually that felt too late for what I wanted. So I think I'd reach acceptance about the timelines, but more being a bit precious about the fact of like, oh my God, we've only been together for such a short period of time. That was perhaps a timeline that I was a bit like, oh my God, is this crazy? But I was just like, this is, this is the way my life is working out and I've got to just trust this. I'm exactly where I'm meant to be right now. And I guess that right. was kind of, then it kind of came back Where I was like, "This is what this is the way it's going to be for me. This is how my story unfolds. It's not perhaps how I had expected it, and against the manual that I know you reference in coaching of like how I thought it would be, and it was not how I thought I'd find out I was pregnant. It's not how I expected everything to be, but that was just how my story unfolded. And like now looking back, I wouldn't change it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's just such a good lesson learned for for anyone here listening is that we do not know how our stories are going to unfold and when we try to put specific deadlines on things we try to pressure people into being people that actually are meant for us i'm saying that with all honesty of my past relationship where i was pushing for wedding and and engagement because i was like we've been together x amount of time we need to move on and you know all those things and and we just don't know how things are going to pan out and I say this all the time to people, and again, it might be triggering, but you just never know what's waiting around the corner. You just never do. If you would have told me that I would be already pregnant and in a serious relationship with somebody by June, 2023, when I had been single in September and freezing my eggs, I would have just been like, what are you talking about? That doesn't, that just won't happen. How I didn't have any evidence to know that that was going yeah. to happen but that's the thing about life is that you just for good and for bad do not know what's going to happen the yeah. day after and actually yeah. i started a new you know i'm really trying to keep all my instagram content and majority of my podcast content as it was obviously i'm in a different life stage now and going through something different but i made a promise to my audience and you know my community that it's not going to turn into talking just about babies or anything so i set up like a mini a side account called turning pregnant instead of turning 30 and i've you know invited people if they're interested in knowing a little bit about being pregnant at 36 and following my story that i'll be sharing some posts there and i was doing a q a and a lot of people sent messages sent questions asking uh lots of things about like you said did you use your frozen eggs and how hard was it for you to get pregnant and what are the biggest changes you're experiencing and you know did you always knew this was going to happen this way and everything and somebody asked me a really good question they said do you experience guilt you know for going through this do you she said i experienced guilt as somebody who really wanted it and didn't have it and now i have it i know how other people feel and i answered the question and then when i was answering i got a bit emotional because i was like of course i feel guilty because i also remember sitting in the room in september i think it was about three days before my egg retrieval it was the day that everyone's kids went back to school like the 5th of september or something and my whole feed was just with people like first day of nursery first day first day at school all my friends with the pictures of their two or three kids and feeling this like feeling in my stomach like oh my god like it's so hard and i was looking around the ivf clinic like thinking well everyone here is struggling with this and it's so hard to be on a different timeline and then thinking that i wrote that literally nine months before being going to the doctor's office and and yeah. having the positive pregnancy test and everything so yeah it's just to echo what you said like it's you, you just don't know what's going to happen and we have to just almost come to terms with and come into deep acceptance with it will happen the way it is going to happen. And there's almost like this element of having to surrender control and let go yeah. of how you thought it would be, how you thought it would feel, which is I know something yeah. that you've also been thinking a lot, a lot about same, same for me as well. And to just let life happen in a way, yeah. which is, is, is weird to say.
1: Yeah, no, totally. And I think also like what your expectations of how it will be. I had huge expectations of what being pregnant would be like because I had wanted to have a baby. I'd wanted to be pregnant for so long. And I found pregnancy really, really tough. I didn't have an easy pregnancy at all. I was really unwell. I had chronic migraines for I think like 16 weeks. I then had severe pelvic girdle pain, which meant I could barely walk. So I think I probably enjoyed in total about three weeks of the pregnancy. And I'd I'd imagined that it would be the most amazing experience of my life and I'd love every single second of it. And that isn't the reality. And so even when you get to these life stages that you've craved so, so much, actually it doesn't mean that they're gonna be perfect. And you know, your expectations versus reality are two very, very different things. And I guess I just had to sit in that and keep reminding myself like how grateful I was to have fallen pregnant. But to also recognize that like from what what you see from the outside isn't always what's going on. Like from the outside, anything like, you know, if I posted a picture on Instagram or shared a picture, people were like, oh, my God, like you're blooming. You look amazing. And deep down, I was like, I haven't left bed for three days because I felt so horrendous. And that definitely took me a while to kind of get my head around like it not being as I expected. And the same with like then going on to be a mother, like my son Arlo is now 10 months old. The experience of becoming a mum is totally different to what I thought it would be. And I just didn't perhaps envisage it to be, to have the feelings that I've had since having a child because I didn't know what it would be like. But I think it's just accepting, like like you say, you just never know what what is around the corner. You also don't know how, like, how you will experience something because everyone's experiences are so, so
0: different. 100%. And I think as well, like going back to even what we we're both speaking about at the start of our journeys of coming out of these past relationships And being single at that age and making the most of that time albeit having those challenges like we didn't expect that to happen and then it did and then you kind of like adjust your life accordingly and then when you were 35 you met someone and didn't expect within five months to be pregnant and then just to continue the story within however long I can't remember the time difference but you um, have this option to uh, relocate and go and live in Singapore, but then here you are living in Singapore. And it's like this, it's just such a lesson of life. Of like there were always going to be these things. And 100% want to say, we always imagine how we're going to feel in our heads about the next steps. And it very, very, very rarely meets up to expectations, lives up yeah. to expectations. And I do I think see. that when you're single, you put this, being in a relationship and being in a partnership on this huge pedestal like if I can only just meet that perfect person and have a life partner and live with someone and have the all the opportunities and the the steps that come with with that then I will feel amazing my life will be amazing now it's not amazing and it will be I definitely I did that I always kept myself in check because I knew I knew from coaching people by the way that yeah. I coach single <laughs> women and women in relationships and I knew that your mental state your mental health was not directly correlated to being with a partner but yeah. it's just an important reminder because like you said you expected to feel a certain way meeting someone or and, and falling uh, sorry being pregnant and then um, becoming a merman. and it was just different not different bad it's just different no. from what you thought yeah. And I'll also share, it's funny because I think that actually me and you, although we've had really similar age timelines, have really different approach to to being a parent. Because for me, I did always know I was going to be a parent in the end and I did freeze my eggs and it was something that I wanted, but I never, ever felt ready to be a mum. I still don't, mm-hmm. saying that with, you know, in this situation, but I never, I was the opposite. Like it was almost yeah. like, oh, if I didn't have a biological clock, then I would not even think about this right now and I'm not a maternal person love 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 dogs really love my friends babies for like hugs and to give them back and I think that I've had maybe like the opposite again I've had a a tough first few months of pregnancy but I think that for me it will be the opposite feeling of like oh I never expected that I would like this and and actually what I'm going through now is I just started feeling the baby um kicking more the last few weeks and I'm like oh, like it actually is okay. Like, you know, I wasn't, I always really was very, very nervous to be pregnant and I'm feeling a little bit like, oh, okay. Like maybe I'm going to really love my baby. I'm, I am. <laughs> but you know, it's just funny that every woman has a different perception and expectation of how that stage of her life will be. And even if you don't want kids, how your life will look at X age. And yeah, I know I've said the same point again and again, but it's just always different that you actually yeah. really think it will be.
1: Yeah, and I think if I look at every single milestone that I've gone through in the last two years, every single one of them has been different. Finding out we were pregnant was totally different to how expecting it. We got engaged in June this year. And I mean, that perhaps I didn't have an expectation on that was an amazing, amazing moment. But actually what happened afterwards is we got engaged in June. At the same time, there was this background conversation going on about um, Liam applying for this job in Singapore and possibly like relocating. And we then got legally married on August the 1st. So we were only engaged for what two months before we then got legally married, less than that, six weeks. We hadn't even got our engagement rings until a week, because we were having them made, until a week before we actually got married. Like, so again, all those timelines, I was like, what? And then we, we got legally married and our legal wedding was an amazing, amazing day, but it was literally just our immediate family. It was at a registry office and then we had a wonderful dinner but it wasn't the big, big wedding I was expecting. And instead we're doing that big wedding in two years time in Mallorca. Again, I never thought I'd get married abroad. So like everything has happened, not how I expected it. And you just can never tell. And there is no way in hell if you'd asked me a year ago would I be living in Singapore that I'd have said yes. I had just moved to St. Albans, as I said. I told Liam I wanted to be in St. Albans. And he gave up Barnes and moved to St. Albans. And somehow I gave up St. Albans and moved to Singapore and I'm 14 hours from everyone. But I'm so grateful that it's happened. Like now I'm here and I'm having the most amazing experience that I'm super grateful for. But like literally I... Sometimes still have to be like, is this actually my life that I'm living? Because it's so not what I expected. And that's actually probably, and I can say it now, I appreciate with hindsight, probably the best thing about it is it's not what I expected because actually that makes it like exciting and different and unique, I guess. And I'm kind of proud that, you know, Liam and I are where we are. We're in a very happy, stable, loving relationship. We found out we were pregnant, we moved in together we got engaged, we got married very quickly, legally, and then we moved halfway across the world. And that's just the way our story is unfolding. And like, I love that about it. And we'll get married in two years time. So, you know, and I remember actually him saying to me at one point, I'd been pregnant for longer than I'd been not pregnant in the time that we knew each other, right? It's two years in December and we have a 10 month old son. (laughs) You obviously are pregnant for 10 months. It's nuts when I look at it, but that's just the way my life was meant to pan, pan out.
0: Oh, I just have the biggest grin on my face just to say how obsessed I am with the story. And it's just been such a pleasure to be alongside you and, you know, going through it all. And something that you do when you work as a coach is when your client comes to you and, and is in that space of not necessarily believing that they are where well they're meant to be or struggling to come to terms with their stage of life, which is obviously a lot of the work that I do with my with my clients, is that I hold space to believe that it will happen for you. And it's like really giving you that confidence that I know you did you took that and you obviously created something amazing for yourself even before any of these things happen you know you really did grab that opportunity to be authentically you and and just to be Nikki and to do all of the things but I did know that eventually your story would you would you would reach the goals that you wanted and your life plans would pan out and it's been so just fun and amazing to watch it actually happen and see how gracefully you've worked through big challenges you know big big things like you said big conversations and you are obviously you know it's it's great to see with you with a partner who's also so into personal development and coaching and and like you said so communicative and yeah it's just it's just amazing and I think it's such a good example and that's why I invited you back on to update the listeners to update everyone who follows turning 30 and, and knows who you are we obviously you've been as uh, an honored guest and I'm sure people you know know both of us now um through the through the community and yeah it's just you're such an inspiration and just thank you so much for coming on and so vulnerably sharing I guess all of your story and and like authentically telling people how it how it was and how it's been for you I guess the last thing I just want to finish on is what piece of advice or what would you say? And I kind of want to ask two, so I'll ask it together, like one to the past version of you who, you know, was going through this, but let's even say to somebody else who's in that phase, maybe out of a bad relationship or, you know, 33, 35, 36, still single, but they do want those things. And they're struggling to get to that thought of, oh, this is happening to me for a reason. What would you want to tell that person?
1: I think probably my the main thing I would say is take the time to invest in yourself and get comfortable with being you, because I think that is ultimately what allowed me to get to where I am now, was I reached a level of comfort and acceptance that I was exactly where I was meant to be. And like I said, that wasn't an easy thought for me to get to initially. But, it, you know, between like the breakup from the relationship I had before to then meeting Liam was what, like two, three years? That two, three years was a period of, like, really working hard on myself and working through, like, some limiting beliefs that I had and, you know, all of those kind of things. So I think investing in yourself is the most rewarding thing you can do. And also, I guess, mapping out what it is you want. Like, I mapped out that I really wanted to be in a relationship. I really wanted to have children. And the two things that I did that were within my control was I phrased my ex and I signed up to a dating agency. So I guess manifesting... For want of a better description, like actually put out into the world what it is that you want. Like, do the things that you can control that make you feel better. And, like, when I did your group coaching course, for example, the reason I did that was I was desperate to find a tribe of women who felt similar to me and could understand how I feel. And we're still in touch now. I love those girls, like, you know, lots of them, we still update each other and things like that. But all of those things, I guess, helped me to reach a level of comfort in just being me that I, I guess I wouldn't have done had I just kind of sat and felt the victim mentality and struggled to move past it. And I'm not going to say my advice is like, you know, there's plenty more efficiency or it will happen one day, because I know that that's actually really triggering. I think for me, taking control and doing something about it is is the best piece of advice I can offer. And the other thing I would just say, just like we've touched on like the timelines and all of that, and I have got everything I've ever wanted and I feel incredibly grateful. But I think the, the thing to just also be mindful of is you only, from the outside, things may look one way and you know there's lots more to it. Like I've found the transition to being a mum is something I've always wanted. The transition being a mum has been a lot harder than I expected it to be in terms of like the change in my identity. I'd. By the time I had Olo, I was 36. I built up a successful career. I had traveled, I had the freedom and ability to do whatever I like and carved out this wonderful life. And like having him is the best thing ever, but it's also the hardest job ever. And it's such a shift in my identity and one I guess I didn't anticipate that I would experience. So, you know, you can wish and want for all of these things, but it doesn't mean things are going to be perfect and they're going to be straightforward and they're going to be easy. Like the timelines are like this arbitrary thing that we kind of think we have to meet. But actually, like the feelings and emotions that go with all of those life changes, I think they affect you regardless of your age, it's still a massive life change and it's still a massive transition and letting, you know, I guess the one thing I would say that being older, I think is different is meeting a partner that much later. So I was 30, was I 35, 36, Liam was 43 at the time of meeting. Like we both had very established lives and we, you know, like I said, I wanted to be in St Albans. He wanted to be in Barnes, like merging those two worlds, I think is harder because you both kind of, you spent a long time being like, well, this is my life. I've built it. I love it. I don't want to let it go. And, that's where i guess meeting a partner who can communicate and who has kindness at his core has enabled us to do that so meeting the right kind of person was what's enabled us to make this transition i guess so successfully
0: yeah and i always say i always say that's actually two sides of a coin of meeting someone older you have more expectations, more set in stone lives, like, you, like exactly what happened for you is the same with me. You have more more baggage, right? More traumas, yeah. more more things that you've gone through than if you meet somebody when, when you're much younger. But the double side of, of the coin is that you also have these communication skills and this ability to navigate difficult conversations and maturity that you yeah. don't have if you meet someone when you're younger. So it's definitely, you know, there's so many challenges with it, and I don't want to sweep over those. I agree, like it is really challenging. But I think that if you've done the work on yourself, exactly the tools that you have are very different from before. And I also know that with with me and Ellie, like if I you know, and we've not had time to speak about it now, but the story that of how our friendship evolved into a relationship and that was these big conversations about age, because we literally are the inverse. So Ellie's six years younger than me. So we had the opposite age difference. So we had to have those big conversations quite early on about my age and and having kids and everything. It wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened if it was for me five years before, because I wouldn't have had the ability to deal with it and the the maturity and the the communication skills to actually deal with it and and him also. So it's it's really important in meeting somebody or knowing that when you meet somebody, when you're older, like things are different and our priorities change. And I love what you said about you wanted kindness and that was so important Mm -hmm. for you and you hadn't wanted that before. And for me, it was like very much the same with emotional intelligence and maturity. It was like the next person I'd learned from my last relationship and the next person I meet, I have to be able to like fully bring myself to the conversation and and that he has to as well. So, Yeah. Yeah oh I feel like we could carry on talking forever there's so much to say I feel like I've I've got even more questions that I want to ask you but I'm going to leave it because I've already been uh, recording for an hour but Nikki again just want to thank you so so much for coming on for the third time I'm sure you'll be back for more soon and just like congratulations for everything that's happened and yeah thank you everybody for listening and I'll see everyone on the podcast next week